You're listening to the Trailblazers podcast, episode 23 with Dr. Marquita Qualls. You're listening to the Trailblazers podcast, where we will explore the stories of successful black professionals. Join us as we highlight the knowledge, resources, and tools of these accomplished trailblazers to help provide the know-how, confidence, and motivation you need to blaze your trail. And now, here's your host, Stephen Hart. Hi, everyone. Today on the show, we have Dr. Marquita Qualls, and I'm really excited about talking with her. She's got over 25 years of leadership experience in consulting, coaching, and motivating people. She's a scientist by training, and she's consulted with teams and coached professionals in government, education, corporate, and nonprofit sectors. Her professional career was firmly rooted at GlaxoSmithKline, one of the leading pharmaceutical companies in the world. She's since founded Entropia Consulting, which is a small management consulting firm. And today she focuses on helping individuals become more productive and effective leaders. In today's episode, she and I discussed her inspiration to pursue a degree in chemistry. We talked about some of the big lessons she learned while being employed at GlaxoSmithKline. And we also talked through some of her keys to becoming a successful leader and much, much more. I know you're going to enjoy her story. More importantly, I think you're going to take away some wisdom from what she has to share. So let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Trailblazers podcast. With me today, we're talking to Dr. Marquita Qualls of Entropia Consulting, Dr. Q, as she's often referred to on social media and otherwise. Thank you for being our guest on today's episode. It's my pleasure. I'm excited to be here. So, you know, I've told our community a little bit about you in our intro, but at the beginning of each episode, we really like to get beyond the bio and the achievements and, you know, allow our listeners to connect with you. So could you maybe share something that's not polished for media, but is 100% Marquita? Sure, sure. I think the interesting thing about Marquita, and most people kind of find it hard to believe when you don't know me, is that I'm really a kid at heart. I, you know, a hardcore chemist, professional, but I really am a kid at heart. I love playing with my nieces and nephews. I don't have any children, so that's where my joy comes from. And so a lot of the activities that you see me doing, you would say, is that the same person that we've seen on you know, social media that's out playing on the swings, enjoying just outdoor things that kids typically like to enjoy? So most people find it hard to believe, but I am a kid at heart. That's awesome. (laughs) That's how we stay young, right? That's right. right. That's right. What was your dream growing up? Let's see. There are lots of dreams that I had in terms of professional dreams. Actually, my professional dreams and personal dreams probably aligned a lot because I've always wanted to help people. So as I was growing up, it's always been a dream, a goal, a mission of mine to be able to help people. And I know that sounds really simple, sophomoric, but I did. I wanted to help people be better. Was there something that inspired that? I think a lot of it may have just come from you just kind of want to be, you think about what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a doctor. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a lawyer. I have always been inquisitive by nature, which is part of the reason Mm. why I'm a scientist. But the inquisitiveness in me 
knew that I could be a doctor. I originally thought that I would be a medical doctor, but as I went through school, I soon realized that I could help people in other ways by pursuing a PhD and doing research and still be a doctor and help. Right. So you touched on it uh, a minute ago. What inspired you to pursue a degree in chemistry? It's really the inquisitiveness. It's always wanting to know the what, the what, the what. So, yeah, people call me Q, Dr. Q. The Q also stands for quizzy because I ask a lot of questions and I like to cook. So to me, it just kind of made natural sense. I like questions. I'm inquisitive. I like to cook. So there's the chemistry of it all. And chemistry is in everything that we do. That it is. That's so true. So was there someone that helped mold that side of Dr. Q to kind of help you move along in that STEM, that, that area of STEM? When I was in high school, I had a high school chemistry teacher. Margaret Thurl is her name. And she just, I don't quite know what it was, but you know how you sometimes have these people that you say, I want to be like her or. Absolutely. It was her. So my high school chemistry teacher is really the one that started me down the path of chemistry and just really understanding chemistry and loving chemistry. And that was it from the beginning, high school and no looking back. And I have to fess up. My high school chemistry teacher is probably why I could not move in the direction (laughs) of science. (laughs) I I started out in the sciences and quickly shifted to a business line. And so right there, I guess, you know, I'll I'll pause and and give a, a, a special shout out to all our teachers, right? Because their impact is such that, you know, it really really either pushes you in that direction or not, right? Right. There's a lot of power in that. And so often we look at the celebrities and we look at people who have made it big, the big business people, when really it's the foundation, it's those people in K through 12 that are right. filling in us our, our uh, next path, what we, where we will be. So you're absolutely right. You've got to give it up to the teachers. <laughs> so... Today, you're, you, you run your own consulting firm called Entropia Consulting. And, you know, prior to us talking a little bit about that, I wanted to, to share a little bit of your, your prior prior work. For several years, you were with GlaxoSmithKline, yeah. which is one of the world's largest pharmaceutical companies. And I was curious to, to maybe have you share some of the biggest lessons you learned about yourself and maybe even about the co- working in the corporate world, right, during your years with Glaxo. Sure, sure. If I may, I just kind of like to spend a little bit of a time talking about my experiences and how I progressed through GSK. Absolutely. I started as a scientist at GSK, but I didn't start as your typical bench level scientist. I was in a special group. It was called, um, let's see, it was called um, technology, Mm. new technologies, technology development, technology transfer. And the one thing that I can say about this group, and I was very fortunate when I joined this organization, was every assignment that I had, every group that I was in was a transnational or an international group. That was an extremely, extremely beneficial and positive experience for me because I learned early on the benefit of a global workforce. And I learned about the importance of working across cultures, learning about different cultures and working with different people. And that was probably the, the biggest lesson that helped me throughout my entire career. GSK, as you said, was one of the world's largest pharmaceutical organizations. And realizing that the work that you do impacts such a larger community than what you're just doing sitting in front of your desk. So true. So I was able to do um, technology development, 
um, drug delivery technologies. I moved into formulations development. I moved into a business process improvement. And my final role, I actually did a lot of things throughout the organization, which is another benefit that helps me in my consulting world now. But my final role was a strategic planning role, doing strategy development for the facilities and science organization, for the R&D organization, I should say. So in simplifying it, what, what that really means is helping the business leaders, the senior executives and the business leaders understand the direction of the science that we were going for the company. And also understanding the facilities and the requirements that would be needed to conduct that science and making sure they aligned. Now, what Mm. most people don't realize is, you know, you have the business side, you have the facility side, you have the science side. Well, what my group did and what I did, I managed the science aspect and making sure that everybody played nice (laughs) and and moving the project along. Got it. As I said, that's the last role that I was in before I decided that I wanted to move on and do something else. What those experiences taught me, number one, it taught me a lot about working with senior level executives in an organization. It taught me how to communicate ideas um, very concise. It taught me how to get my idea across. It taught me taught me a lot about managing conflict because <laughs> it's really, like I said, it's really interesting when you have to deal with people at that level. They're people just like the rest of us, and they want their own projects done, and they want what they want. But at some level, you've got to help and bring them all together for a common goal, a common mission. So it's almost, it's the consensus building. Right, right. So you left Glaxo to start your own business, and I'm I'm so excited to, to talk with you about, you know, that transition from Glaxo to Entropia. Could you maybe take a couple of minutes and guide us through that, that, that process and how that unfolded over what period? Sure. Most entrepreneurs will tell you, you have the entrepreneurial itch. Absolutely. You know when it's there. And when it's there, you just, it, it, it just will not go away. And that started happening to me in GSK pretty early on. But I said, oh, no, I can't do this. I've only been working for a couple of years. I've got to get my experience in. I've got to do this corporate thing. I've got to, you know, make my mark in the world here. Right. It just would not go away. And an opportunity came and I said, you know what? I'm going to leave. People thought I was crazy leaving the company when I did and the role that I was in. But I was really happy about it. I was comfortable with my decision. And I left. Now, I will say I did not start Entropia immediately after I left GSK. I actually took time Mm. off, Uh, took time off to just enjoy life because a lot of times what happens with people in the STEM fields or STEM areas, you it's a continuous process. You go from undergrad to grad school to work. And we don't often take time off for ourselves. So, again, this is another opportunity for me to just kind of take some time off for myself. And I did that. But then the economy hit. And I said, whoa, I've got to do something. (laughs) I've got to do something quickly. And I decided that rather than going back into the traditional workforce, I was going to scratch the itch and formed Entropia. Wow. Entropia originally started as a strategic, it's a management consulting firm, which is still what I am now, technically. My initial projects were mostly um, strategic planning, strategy development. I did a couple of interim director type roles. But over the past couple of years, I've transitioned more into the leadership and professional development, coaching, consulting type realm. 
Right. And one of the things that I really, really enjoy about that is it goes back to my dream when I was growing up of being able to help people. Help people. That's right. right. That's right. And everything that I have learned throughout my working at GSK, and we didn't talk about this earlier, but I've had other leadership roles. I was the national president of the National Organization of Black Chemists and Chemical Engineers. I've been on several top-level chemistry, chemical enterprise advisory boards. And so the things that I have learned, I take those things and I'm able to use them as resources in Entropia in helping other people achieve their goals. And that makes me happy. Right. That's awesome. The the initial desires come full circle. That's right. So you're kind of leaning more to the coaching side of it today. Right. What exactly is the problem that you've identified for, you know, that that your clients are having and how are you able to provide a solution through that coaching? I will say, let's put a disclaimer there because a coach friend, a colleague and I were speaking on it just yesterday. The, The whole process of coaching, it's guiding people along Mm -hmm. to come to their own conclusion. But Mm. I have to say, and one of the reasons why I say I'm a consultant and coach is I I advise people. I actually give solutions, which in the pure definition in the coaching world, that's not Mm -hmm. what a coach would do. Mm. So I do professional development consulting because I am able to give advice. I do give solutions as well as guiding you along the way to finding your own solutions when needed. Right. So no two no two people are exactly the same. That's right. No two people are exactly the same. And that's one of the things that I enjoy when I work with people is the uniqueness of everyone. And you learn a lot about them and you learn even more about yourself when you're working in these types of situations or coaching engagements. One of the, keeps it interesting. It, it does. One of the things, and to answer your question, your earlier question, one of the problems that we have is what I have seen is people don't often know how to present themselves. So it's that leadership presence. And I know people will get into the the questions, are leaders made or are leaders born? Regardless of what side of the fence that you're on, all of us can be leaders and we are leaders in some way, form or fashion, even if we're leading ourselves, leading self, leading a team or leading an organization. You have some area in which you are leading. And what I like to work on and when I'm helping people is helping them bring out the leader in them. I love that. So, Dr. Q, anyone that has achieved big lofty goals especially as an entrepreneur, knows that, you know, we don't get to success on a direct road, right? Oh, that's right. I'd love you to share with us maybe one of your roadblocks that caused you to have to take a major detour. Uh, Could you tell us about that time and maybe what happened and how you overcame that to get back on track? Let's see. Just one? (laughs) (laughs) As an entrepreneur, we say, Or at least I say there is no such thing as failure. They're just stepping stones to success. Well, if I could tell you how many stones I have, (laughs) I could build mansions upon mansions. Right. Let's see. Roadblocks. Sometimes, and I'll be honest, sometimes my biggest roadblock is myself. Absolutely. And the reason I say that is because... I am a driven person. I like to see things happen. And I often get demotivated. And when I get demotivated, it kind of puts me in a slump and a funk of where I don't think that I'm making an impact. And if I allow myself to stay there for too long, that is a roadblock in and of itself because I can't move. I'm just motionless. I'm not being good to myself and I'm not making an impact or I'm not helping other people. And so One of the things that I have to do is coaches need coaches. And so when I run into situations like that, I actually have to seek out other people to help me. 
And I don't mind that. I really don't mind trying to have other people help me because that's what this life is all about. You can't walk this alone. No man is an island. No man stands alone. So when you go to a roadblock and when you come to different challenges or obstacles that are in your way, sometimes you can't see it. You need other people to help you. So that's what I always like to tell people, too, is seek help. And I never tell people to do anything that I won't do myself. So that that's what I would do when those roadblocks have caused me to take a major detour. Interesting. Thank you for sharing that. You know, interesting to comment you made earlier. I have a reminder of an iPhone and I set up different inspirational messages and quotes oftentimes in my reminders app. Mm-hmm. And one of them that pops up every morning at 7 a.m. is it says, look in the mirror that's your competition. Mm -hmm. And it's a reminder every day that oftentimes the thing, the biggest thing standing in the way of me getting to the success I'm looking for is myself. You know, we, we all have to push through that at times. And I appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. I think that when people hear this, then they can identify because a lot of times people feel as though they're the only ones that are going through this. When in actuality, you aren't. And that's the power of being able to share. That's one of the reasons I'm really excited about doing this podcast is because one of the things that I have started doing daily, I haven't always done that, but over the past, I'd say two months or so, I listen to a lot of TED Talks. I'm picking up a lot more pods. And that is helping me they ground it but it's also helping me know that I'm not the only one other people have experienced this and this is how they have overcome whatever obstacle they came through it also allows me to be a bit more empathetic as well as sympathetic to some of the causes out there because it's not always all about work there is another part of Marquita as I said I'm a kid at heart who likes to cook yeah and I love to cook (laughs) but your daily ritual find something that will allow you to keep in touch with the human aspect, the reality of the world. Because you don't mm-hmm. want to get so caught up in your day-to-day grind that you forget what life is all about. I mean, some, I heard a talk yesterday. I can't remember who it was. I can go back. But just talking about your dreams and your goals and life and destination. Well, right. you know what the life is a journey. We all know what the destination is, the end point yeah. of life. That, right. That's guaranteed. So what you have to do in between time, that is your journey. And it's a it's a big motivator when you process it that way, right? Yeah, it is. It is. Staying on this entrepreneurial thread, sometimes getting things done, especially things we don't want to do, <laughs> uh, can sometimes be paralyzing, right? How do you learn to love doing hard work you don't want to do? How do you get through that and get it done? I don't like hard work. I have never liked hard work. And I would say that I don't think I've ever been a hard worker. I've always been a smart worker. Mm. And in being a smart worker, it's prevented me from having to be a hard worker. It's not to say that I don't put in the hours. It's not to say that I have not been diligent and persistent of getting things done and doing what I needed to do. But I've always equated hard with inefficiency. And I try my very, very hardest to be smart about what it is that I do. What is it that I'll do when I don't want to do some things, especially as an entrepreneur, when I know that my next client could be depending upon me doing it or not? I have accountability partners. I have a board of directors who really hold me accountable. We speak. It's kind of unorthodox, but we communicate every day even if it's just a check-in. Wow. Yeah, um, it's just a check-in. What do you do? How's it going? And there are six of us on the board, 
And it's not as though we we communicate via phone, by voice. Text messaging does just fine. But those little reminders sometimes is all that's needed. Because if I'm feeling like I'm in a funk or slump and I get that ping and they say, hey, Dr. Q, what's going on? What's the check-in? Then Mm -hmm. because you are accountable to someone, that's your motivation. Because these people aren't just going to let you sit and do nothing. Right. Love that. We talk about mastermind groups all the time, which... That's that's kind of what we refer to. And I think that's great that you have that accountability to help you to help push you on, especially when you don't have business partners. That's right. I, I think mastermind groups are terrific at providing that that the strength where you're weak and also the accountability. Right. Strength in numbers. Right. Right. And I think the, one of the other pivotal differences between the board of directors type of group, your personal board of directors and your mastermind types of group is the, the personal relationships that you have or have built. Mm hmm. Mastermind groups, and I know not all of them are like that, but mastermind groups sometimes can be a bit more competitive than need be. Right. The, my personal BOD or board of directors have my best interest at heart. We all have each other's best interest at heart because of the personal relationship. We want to see everyone succeed. Right. And all of us aren't necessarily in the same discipline or same area. And I think that helps out as well. We're also able to feed upon each other and just kind of give ideas that are outside of the box where we would have typically not thought of. Mm. Was that intentional? Do you guys try to keep uh, the the group from having people in similar lines of work? And to that end, has the group stayed pretty much the same size? The group has stayed the same, the same size. We, we don't accept new members. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. That sounds like my Bible study group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we it works. We have something that works, and it's been working for for seven, eight years now. And wow. no need for changing it. <laughs> no need for disrupting because it's the level of trust that's there. Absolutely. And again, as you said, for entrepreneurs, especially for solopreneurs, that's important to be able to have a group to have, whether it's another person or a group of people, someone who you trust and can be trusted for Uh you to share. Because you can't do this by yourself. You may be a solopreneur, but it's impossible to do it on your own. You need other people. Have to. To that point, do you do you do you have the need for like a virtual assistant or help at times? And how do you manage delegating responsibilities, even if you have to outsource it? Fortunately, and it could be unfortunately, but for the size of the entropia is right now, I'm able to do it on my own. To manage it, right? right. Some of the professional services I do outsource, like my graphic design. And the website, things like that, I have to outsource. But for managing meetings, I utilize apps, online tools and systems, and it works out pretty well. Awesome. We'll talk about some of that in a second here. So, you know, education has definitely played a big role for you. I'm having gotten a PhD in chemistry from top R1 university, Purdue, right? Purdue. Purdue University. That's right. And it's allowed you to do some amazing things that we've, we've discussed today. You know, I'd love if you could defend the argument for our next generation who's listening on why learning is a superpower. Learning is a superpower. Learning, knowledge, wisdom, those are all things that you're going to need to succeed at whatever your definition of success is. Now, I can't mm-hmm. define what your success is, but the one thing that I do know is that you will need the knowledge. You will need to learn. And one thing about education, and particularly gaining education at an institution with other people, 
is you learn so much from those people. It's not always about the book sense or what you learn in the books or what you learn in the classroom. Learning is much greater than a book. Learning is what learning is life. And I think from mm-hmm. the educational institution or higher education particularly, it starts to expose you to a variety of mindsets, a variety of thoughts, a variety of cultures. And all of those things are important to be successful, particularly if you want to be an entrepreneur. So could you define like successful leadership and what that might look like? Again, I think success is dependent upon the person. So right. uh, do you mean more so effective leadership or successful leadership? In in terms of effectiveness, yes, I think it's when you are able to inspire, when you're able to share your vision and get people to follow for a common goal or a common person, and they feel good about doing it. I think effective leadership or successful leadership is when you recognize people for what they contribute and recognize and reward them appropriately. Reward may not always be a monetary or financial reward, but reward is mm-hmm. definitely acknowledging what someone has done to help you get to where you want to go. That goes such a long way. It does. It does. Because when people feel as though they're part of the process, when mm-hmm. people not only feel as though, but when they've been acknowledged and people say thank you, we underestimate the value of a simple thank you because people don't have to do it. People don't have to contribute. People don't have to follow you. People don't have to listen to your podcast. People don't have to follow Marquita or follow Dr. Qual on Twitter. Right. But the mere yep. fact that they do, they're supporting us. They're supporting our vision and just simply saying, hey, thanks for the follow or thank you for your comments. I appreciate it. It goes right. a really long way. It does. It does. Absolutely does. You know, you've been running your business for, what, seven years now? Yes, seven years. Congrats on that accomplishment. Thank you. I'm curious to know what's on your vision board for Entropia and and what the next 10 years might look like for you and and for the company. I'm still visioning. I'm still thinking about where I want Entropia to go next. Do I want to stay in this space? Do I want to expand? Do I want to to be a household name? So Mm -hmm. when people think of big consulting firms, you think of... McKinsey, you think of BCG, you think of Accenture. When you think about the leadership development people, you think about John Maxwell, you think about Peter Drucker and that. I'm not sure where I want it to be. I mean, it would be nice for people to equate Dr. Q and Entropia when you think about leadership development in the STEM field, but I don't know. And that's my honest answer. I, I, I don't know. I love what I'm doing. Fair response. Right. And I'm just going to keep building and growing in, in whatever direction the Lord leads me. That's where I will go. I appreciate you sharing that. So, you know, we'd love to have you share some resources with our listeners to help them sharpen their minds. And I was curious to know, you know, what's one book you've read in the past that has, has inspired you most? Okay. Now, I told you I was a kid at heart and your listeners <laughs> will probably laugh and say, really, are you serious? But one book that I would recommend, if you've not read it, you've got to read it. Oh, the places you'll go. Dr. Seuss. That's. <laughs> have you ever read that one? I have not. Oh, my goodness. You have got to check it out. Oh, the places you will go. It's quite a popular book for graduation time, but it's an inspirational book. I'm not going to tell you too, too much about it because I want you to get it. But for those that are on the journey, it's extremely encouraging, but it's also very thought provoking Mm. in Uh, a children's book. 
Yeah, no, I'll, I'll check it out. That's right. So most of my most inspirational books are actually children's books. I do read a lot of the you know, New York Times bestsellers. Honestly, what I have found about them, though, is they're kind of all of the same. I don't know. It's just kind of my preference because they are the same. I get some of what I get from these books when I read them from talking to people. So I prefer right. the, the one-on-one interaction and learning these stories and necessarily reading a book to try to get inspired from those aspects. But on my bookshelf, I have just about every leadership book you could think about. Right. But I encourage well, you to do, oh, the places you should go, the little engine that could, the giving tree. Those are my top three. Okay. I'll, I'll definitely get my baby girl and I to sit down. I have a six-year-old daughter that probably would enjoy reading that with me. Yes. She would. <laughs> what is something small you've done this month that you're proud of? I am so excited to share this. So, so, so excited. I have a 30 for 30 challenge. I had to challenge myself to walk at least one mile every day for 30 days. And I'm very happy to say that I have not missed a day. We're on day Fantastic. 14 now. And it's really small and insignificant to some people, but it's, it's for me, it's really big because it's discipline. Absolutely. And I am so excited about the discipline of being able to just do that, of getting up, whether I do it in the morning or whether I do it in the afternoon, I'm still doing it. So I'm excited about that little discipline. You're creating a good habit, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it, it really is more so of if I can do this, if I can train and discipline myself to do this, then I can do that Absolutely. and there is a that that I'm just not publicly sharing but there I'm doing That's something fine. for discipline it's kind of like how right. I gave up eating meat I've not eaten meat for what, 26 27 some odd years and I, I gave it wow. discipline and it's really mm-hmm. wow <laughs> I can't do without meat <laughs> well I do poultry and seafood so I don't do beef or pork. I should, wow. I should clarify that. But yeah, <laughs> something, no matter how small or insignificant you think it is, it doesn't matter what other people think. If it's something for you, if it's small for you, then that's big because small yep. things lead to big things. Absolutely. So can a trailblazer have too many goals? That's an interesting question. I don't think you can have too many goals. What I think happens is I think we try to take on too many goals at one time. And when we're not able to achieve them, we get frustrated and we end up not achieving any of them. Mm. So I think when you are developing your goals, and this is something that I teach or share with my clients, we have to make sure that the goals are smart. And I'm sure you've heard of SMART goals. Make sure that your goals are specific. Make sure that they're measurable. Make sure that they're actionable. Make sure that they're realistic. And make sure that they are time sensitive. I started doing lunchtime learning webinars earlier this year in 2016. And my first webinar was on setting SMART goals. And it was really a good one because it kind of was a refresher for some people, but it was like, wow, I never knew about setting goals in this manner, but making sure that your goals are smart. And regardless of how many you have, if they're all smart, then you'll be more likely to be able to achieve them. 
Mm-hmm. And just, you know, a note for our listeners, if if you're curious to know a little bit more, I don't know if you have resources, Dr. Q, online, but if anyone's listening and is curious to know more about SMART goals, you can just jump on Google. That's right. And type in SMART, smart goals and look at images that will come up. You'll get a ton of templates for being able to, you know, print and, and work on, on setting SMART goals. That's right. Thanks for sharing that. So that's it. Name an online resource if you could. It could be an app, software, or tool that you use every day that you can't live without. Can we say Google? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Google is my friend. I I don't think I could live without Google. I have gotten so rely. I rely on Google so much for everything. Searching people, searching places, searching information. As you said, if there's a concept that I'm not familiar about, I can easily Google it and go from there. As far as productivity apps, I'm using Schedulista now. And Schedulista. Schedulista. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's an online schedule, so it really helps me schedule my calendar, but it also helps my clients just kind of jump on and schedule time when needed. And it syncs up. So Schedulista is good for me. And there are plenty of them out there. I just happen to like Schedulista because of the integration of the fee payment portion, rather not fee portion. Right. There's a payment portion as well as a scheduling portion. So if I have clients that I need to charge a fee for service, they can still use it. But my normal clients, if we've already worked out our contract or a separate agreement, they can just go on and schedule and bypass that. So it's a pretty user-friendly very simple, smooth system. I'll definitely put this on our show notes page for, for everyone listening so you guys can learn a, bit, learn a little bit more about that. Why is it important to volunteer and give back with our time, talents, and treasures? My life mantra is to whom much is given, much is required. Yes. God has blessed me tremendously and I would not be my I would not be doing my duty as a Christian if I tried to keep it all to myself. I'm not going to preach here, but but I don't want my salt to lose its savor. That's right. So it's really important for me. It's very fulfilling for me. And going back to helping others, I have got to share. And I believe that the more that I give, the more that I receive, not even necessarily financially, but the Mm -hmm. joy that I receive, the happiness that I receive. And I think it's really important to do so. I also think it's important to volunteer so that people can see that if I can do it, then they can do it, too. Particularly for me being a woman of color in the STEM fields, when I do volunteer at local schools or science fairs or do science judging, I want people to see that there are black women that are scientists out there. I want people and, and, you know, we often get up and we get caught up and we say, I want the little black children. I want little black girls and boys to see that you can be a scientist. That's extremely important to me, too. But when we talk about diversity, when we talk about exposure, we need for everyone to see that there are people of color, there are African-American men and women who are scientists. Everyone needs to see that it's not just our community. It's very important for our community to see it. I think equally as important is for everyone to see it so we can become more inclusive in our thought processes. It's all about exposure. Absolutely. So, Dr. Q, as we get set to end today's session, I wanted to invite you to take a minute. You've done an amazing job, but I'd love to invite you to impart some actionable advice or an inspiring message that can help us elevate our game and really gain the courage to blaze a new trail. 
I'd like for people to think about two things and then I want you to do one thing. I want you to think about what motivates you. And I also want to think you to think about what demotivates you. Hmm. Two very simple questions. But once you start to think about what motivates you, not just what motivates you in your work environment, not just what demotivates you at home, but you're a whole person. What motivates you to do what you do, to be who you are? And then what demotivates you? Once you find an answer to those two questions, what demotivates you or what motivates you, then there's no trail that you can't blaze. You'll be able to do whatever it is that you want to do, whatever you can dream, whatever you can imagine. You can do that because once you've identified that motivator, that's what will fuel you. Once you identify and identify that demotivator, that's what you'll be more guarded against. That's what you'll learn how to mitigate. That's what you'll learn how to make sure that you don't run into those demotivators. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. So your yes. motivation and your demotivation. That's what I want you to think about. And once you get those, you will definitely be able to be your best you. So one of the things provide clarity. Yeah, it provides like crystal clear. So entropia, we didn't talk about this earlier, but it's a great ending point. Entropia is the Latin word for entropy and entropy is a scientific term, a science term that means randomness or chaos. And we all Mm. have chaos in our life. Yes. In actuality, nature prefers that things exist in a state of chaos. Think about leaves ruffling it, um, your desks, maybe paper paper spread out all over your desk or whatnot. But entropia, we help people bring order to the chaos in your life, whatever that may be, particularly in the areas of leadership and professional development. We help bring that order. And so once you found out what that motivation and demotivation is, come talk to entropia. We'll help you. (laughs) Shameless plug here, but Once you find out of that, that motivation, once you find out what that demotivation is, then you then will be able to help with the energy to get you to where you want to go. Right. And so the other the last thing that I want to share, you asked me what is important to me to volunteer. I also want people to support someone else. Find mm-hmm. a way each day where you can support someone else because you never know. You may be that one little tipping point that pushes them to the next level of excellence. Supporting them could be something as simple as liking their post. Supporting them could be something as following them, something uh, retweeting them or sharing what you learn, sharing this podcast or any of the other podcasts that you've listened to, sharing with someone else. Sharing is power and it's free. I love that. I love that. That might be a sound bite. <laughs> Dr. Q, I I appreciate you. I'm, you know, honored to have you be a part of the Trailblazer family. You've really set an amazing example through this episode and just listening to your story is so inspiring. I'm I'm sure that, you know, a lot of women and the next leaders really in STEM listening to this episode are are going to be inspired, ha, are going to be able to take wisdom away from this episode to help them on their journey. You know, you're you're helping train up the next generation of scientists to step into that that leadership role and, and I'm just I'm grateful for, for who you are and for, for 
taking the time to share your, your story with us. So thank you again. I am again. I thank you for having me on. And if there is something that I have said that helps someone else, then none of this would have been in vain. Purpose. That's right. Purpose and mission accomplished. It's all about sharing and helping other people. And that said, you know, we want the conversation to continue. So could you, in finishing up here, could you tell us how we can stay connected to you? If you want to stay connected with me, you can follow me on Twitter at drqualls. D-R-Q-U-A-L-L-S. You can visit my website at Entropia Consulting. That's E-N-T-R-O-P-I-A Consulting. That's one word. Dot com. You can send me an email. I love hearing from you. Mqualls at EntropiaConsulting.com. But I, probably the easiest thing, if you're on Twitter, just hit me up on Twitter or visit the website and you can use the contact us form. Thank you again for being our guest today. I really, really appreciate having you on. Thank you. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Trailblazers podcast. I'll be posting links to Dr. Qual's book recommendations, her resources, social channels, and her website on our show notes page at tbpod.com slash episode 23. Guys, I'm challenging you right now. Unless you're driving, I want you to open a new email within the next five minutes. You can do it on your Android, your iPhone, your desktop, your laptop. The action item, the key here is I want you to invite two people. It could be family members friends or colleagues invite them to listen to an episode that you think might impact them most we believe that someone listening to these inspiring stories is going to be moved to make a significant life change that will have generational impact for many others both now and well into the future don't miss next week's episode new episodes are released each and every monday morning by about 5 a.m next week we'll have a young real estate maven on the show who's got an inspiring story to share you won't want to miss out on that trailblazers jump off this podcast today and go find a way to rise above go way beyond and keep blazing your trail 